0: I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Do you wish you could find an educational podcast that your kids actually want to listen to and you enjoy too? Well, you're in luck. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math, is a weekly show full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. We listened to a few episodes, and not only did our daughter want to listen to more next time we're in the car, I found myself chuckling too. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. You're transported to moments in ancient history like Pythagoras' Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. Plus, they do a great job of teaching math theory without it being boring, complicated, or overly childish. And that can't be easy. But it's not really a surprise, considering Mysteries About True Histories is from the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted, Brain Games on Nat Geo and Disney+, Plus and Brainchild on Netflix. Episodes drop every Thursday, and since they are about 15 minutes, they are the perfect length for kids ages 6 and up. Turn your next car ride, break time, or bedtime into math time with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. You're listening to Be Minimalist with Deanna Yates, episode number 139. On today's episode, I'm talking about letting go of old decluttering advice. I cringe a little bit when I look back and I think at how I used to do things, and so today, I want to set this record straight on some advice that I used to give. I've grown a lot over the past few years, and I am sharing what I've learned. Hello, my wannabe minimalist friend, welcome back to the show. I am excited to talk to you today about some of the old advice that I have given, yes, some of it on this podcast. And, uh, you know, I just i've I think life is important that we take it in stride and that we understand that we're doing the best we can when we are living in the moment and that that moment is also going to come with a lot of learning experiences, right? We've got to start somewhere. And so I'm a big believer of just starting where you are and then learning and growing as you go. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. There are five pieces of advice that I have kind of seen over the years that I have given and notice that I've grown past them. And so I'm hoping that by sharing some of this advice, you can skip that learning curve that I had to go through and uh, you can kind of just skip ahead a few uh, steps. But I didn't get a chance to say thank you for joining me. Um, I am really happy that you are here. This podcast has actually grown a lot over the last um, month. I know January is a big month um, for decluttering and organizing. And I just want to say thank you to all of you who are new, who are joining us. And uh, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy what you hear and you come back for more. And so we wrapped up the big decluttering challenge, the avalanche decluttering challenge that got wrapped up on Sunday and holy moly, I was actually really surprised I was able to find over 450 items to declutter in our, in our house. And so if you didn't join that, uh, you can still find links to join it. Uh, we just won't be having as many live discussions in the Facebook group, but you'll still get the emails and things like that. So hopefully you'll come over and join us anyway. But before we dive in, I do want to um, ask a quick fever. if you are listening to this and you enjoy what you're hearing or if you've liked any of the episodes I've done, this is number 139, um, I would really love if you would leave a review or a rating even on the wherever you're listening to this podcast, but I think you can only leave reviews really on Apple. So if you're on Apple, if you would please leave me a review, that would be really helpful. I got the sweetest review from sross76, and they said, here, I'm going to just quote it, um, best minimalism podcast, five stars. I want to say how much I've enjoyed listening to this podcast. It's inspired me to be more thoughtful about my belongings and purchases, but it is a good balance between minimalism and realism, end quote. Well, sross76, thank you so much for that review. Um, I do my best to, yes, bridge that gap. I am not an extremist over here in any way so i don't um you know we have traveled we definitely have lived with a lot less we did sell 90% of what we owned at one point we have moved over 16 times in 20 years that my husband and i have been together um but life is life is gonna life and if you've even just seen the Latest garage, uh, post I did. It's not perfect by any means, um, but it is nice and organized, and I can find what I need when I need it. And that is what I think is really success, right? For your home to function for you, for your family, for how you live. It doesn't matter if it fits other people's definitions of minimalism or organized or decluttered, as long as it feels good to you. And so, thank you for uh, seeing that in the show and for writing that review. It really made my day, and um, and I just love hearing those kinds of things. So if you also have anything you'd like to say, please come over to um, the Apple Podcast uh, platform and leave a rating or review. I'd really appreciate it, and I enjoy reading those. Okay, so let's hop back in to the five different things, and I will have all of the show notes on my website like I do every week at wannabeclutterfree.com and these will be at slash 139. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 139. Okay, so I was thinking about this the other day that, and it actually dawned on me when I was doing the garage cleanout. right? I used to, that was one of the things I'll talk about. I think that's number, I don't know, number two. Um, But I do things differently now. How I did our garage in the last kind of organization declutter is very different than how I do our garage now. And I think part in parcel is because I spend more time in our garage now. We've put our workout equipment, we've set up a gym, a home gym in the garage. And so I spend a lot more time out there than I used to. So um, I think it just really dawned on me that I do things differently now. And as I grow and as we do different things and as we need different things in our life, that kind of changes too. All right. So there are five pieces of advice that I used to give. And looking back, it's kind of funny when you grow, right? Like I cringe a little bit. Like I'm like, oh, like when people tell me that listen to like the first few episodes I did, I mean, in this podcast, My voice, I sounded so mechanical. I was so nervous and I just didn't really know what I was doing. So, thank you if you've listened to those first episodes and you're still with me today. Thank you for listening to those and still coming back and understanding and growing with me as we grew over the last few years. This podcast has been going for almost three years now, which is just crazy to me. So, anyway, thank you for joining me. All right. So, the first piece of old decluttering advice that I used to adhere to is the The advice that you take everything out and you pile it into one spot. Now, this got, you know, fame from the KonMari method, right? This is her suggestion. Love Marie Kondo. She has really just, I mean, she leveled, like she just like totally brought decluttering to the forefront, right? So I love what she has done for uh, this industry and just kind of bringing awareness to our things and knowing that we don't need to have as much stuff but I do not enjoy the overwhelm of getting everything out and putting it in a pile. And I have done this and I used to do this. And I actually used to talk about doing the five pile method and we'll talk about that too. That's a little bit later. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just so excited about this topic. Okay, so this one is the pile in one spot, right? So she would say you start with, I think she normally started with wardrobe, take all your clothes out, put them in one big pile, gather them from all the different corners of the house, And then once you are confronted with this mound of stuff, you will understand that you have way more than you need and you'll be willing to let things go. I have found that that is very stressful. It's very stressful to see everything. It's very stressful to have to go through all of this stuff at once, Um, especially if you are a mom, especially if you're busy and you've got like 9 million things going on and you've got people pulling you in different directions. That one pile method just doesn't work for me. And even myself, who my closet, trust me, has way fewer clothes than pretty much anybody I know and in the real life, and pretty much like a third of what I used to have. So even getting out all of my clothes is still stressful. And I actually did have that happen because I, um, when my husband was out of town, I, I have a reel on this. So if you're on Instagram, you can check out the reel. Uh, my Instagram's want to be clutter free. And I basically gutted our walk-in closet, our tiny walk-in closet. I gutted it and um, refinished it. So I put in organizers and made it nice and put in like shelving units and drawers and things like that. And uh, so I had to take everything out of the closet, I piled it all on top of the bed. And it's super stressful, right? There's a lot of stuff, but you can see how much we own. If you want to see that, you can go to the reel, and it's all there. You can see the whole pile. But what I suggest to do now instead, so instead of doing the whole giant pile, I recommend you do, as you go through your closet, you're going to pull each thing out, right? Well, instead of just putting it in the pile, make the decision when it is in your hand. Right then, right there, make the decision. So if it's too stressful to do your entire closet in one day, just start with one category. Start with your shirts, start with your pants, start with your sweaters, start with your pajamas, start with your workout clothes. Whatever, pick whatever category you want. Start with your shoes. I don't know. Whatever category you want. And then make that decision, right? Just start with that little group and say, I'm gonna get through all my shirts. And then if you get through all your shirts and you're like, you know what? That wasn't too bad. I can move on to something else. Do all your pants. You know, and if you just do one little section at a time, it's gonna be much, much more pleasant to go through. So that is what I recommend you start doing. And then as you pull it out, you can make the decision. So from there, you can say, great, we're going to start with shirts. Okay, we're going to use just the example of shirts. So I pull out the shirt. I love it. Well, fantastic. I can either put it off on the side in my closet. If I have a little room, if my closet is so full that I have no space for it, well, then it can go out into a different pile. Maybe you even have a clothes rack. You can put it on like a clothes rack, a temporary one to hold all the things that you want to keep. If you pull something out, you now we're getting another shirt, right? Okay, so I'm pulling out the second shirt and I say, "Ooh, I don't like this shirt." Well, I'm going to take it off the hanger, I am going to fold it up and I am going to put it immediately in a donation box or bag, right? That way that decision is made, I do not have to make another decision. One touch, one decision. Pull out something else, you know what? I am not sure what to do with this one. Well, maybe you can have a maybe bin. Like if If this is really troubling for you, I definitely suggest having the maybe bin. Set it off to the side for 30 days. If you don't think about that item of clothing or you don't think about, um, you know, you have no occasion to wear it, well, then after a set period of time, I suggest 30 days. It can be longer, especially if we're dealing with seasons and stuff like that. Maybe set it off to the season when you pull it out. If it's a summer shirt, you're in the middle of winter right now, you say, okay, you know what? Turns out I don't want to wear that shirt this summer. Well, then it immediately gets donated, right? Don't put things back in your closet that you do not want to wear, that you don't love, that you don't feel amazing in. It doesn't get better with time. I promise. Fashions change. Bodies change. Opinions of what we want to wear change. So don't hold on to it for some rainy day. Let go of it. Okay. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where earn in comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With EarnIn, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the EarnIn app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than three and a half million users are finding relief and a sense of security with EarnIn, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the EarnIn app, type in clutter under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's clutter under podcast. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because, one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair. And to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. And then it's much easier. So then as you go through that entire category, you get done and you say, I've already made the decisions. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to donate it. It's garbage because I need to trash it. Nobody else is going to want to wear it. Or maybe it's in the maybe bin. Try to be pretty strict with yourself. But I know that sometimes if this is your first time doing it, you have to give yourself grace. You have to give yourself a little bit of that elastic wiggle room because it's a little too harsh. I, and again, right? Let's go back to the beginning. I'm not extreme. I am not going to tell you. I don't want anybody emailing me saying, you told me that I had to make a decision on everything and now I got rid of a shirt that I loved and I feel really bad and now you've made me feel really bad. I don't want to do that. So (laughs) if you are not sure about what you want to do with something, you can put it in the maybe and then circle back to it. And maybe after you've taken a little break, taken a little breather, given yourself a little bit of space from that, seeing what it's like to have a closet full of stuff that you love you will be more willing to let go of it. Or you'll say, you know what? No, I love that thing and I want to keep it now. Okay. Easy or easier peasier. (laughs) All right. So that's number one. No longer pile things in one spot. Go ahead and deal with them as you pull them out. And this fits right into my 15 minute declutter um, concept. And so I'll leave a link to the show that talks about that It wasn't too long ago, so it kind of fits all with that. And that's where it really where that kind of blossomed, that I this new idea blossomed for me. Okay, that's number one. Number two is the idea of that I kind of just came to grips with in the garage. And that is the old advice is to use clear bins so that you could see what was inside them. Now I really appreciate my. Opaque bins that I cannot see in. I love that they all match, that they're one color, that my brain no longer sees what's inside of it. And so it's no longer tracking all of those hundreds of different little things that are being stored in our garage. The trick here is, though, you have to be very clear on how you categorize things and how you label them. So I can't just stick a bunch of stuff in a bin that I can't see in and not have a clear understanding of what's in there because then it will just sit there forever and I'll never know what's in it and years will pass before I open that bin okay so what we did what I did I took all the bins that were in our garage I had already kind of categorized them but I wanted to make sure that they were really clear on the categories and so I put split them all up into a bunch of different categories and actually I just responded to somebody today in the, my Facebook group about what the bins, what was in each bin. So I will read them to you. I have 11 bins, 11 white bins. I have three clear bins. Talk about that in a second. And then I have four old bins that I actually camouflaged as white. So that's all that's in our garage. Okay. So in the white bins, I have an electronics box. That's going to be cords. There are a few boxes my husband still wants to keep for some electronics. Um I think one is for like our modem that goes to Spectrum right so that's not really ours so we have to return it at some point so we have that kind of stuff is in there that's the electronics box bin and we have a snow bin that's holding our snowboarding and skiing helmets and boots we have a camping bin that actually fits all of the camping stuff we have so I think we have a couple of propane canisters that go with our uh stove it actually has our tent is in there and all like those little extra things that we had when we took camping now you can just take that camping bin when we go in the summer, uh, the fourth bin has blankets and sleeping bags, so extra park blankets. So when we want to go to, um, you know, different things at the park like a picnic or different games, and then our camping sleeping bags are in that one. Number five are, is a car bin, so anything we need for the car. I think there's some car wash li- liquids in there. There's um, like an oil changing pan in there. There's a couple other things. So anything that goes for the car or motorcycle. Um, my husband has motorcycles, so. Anything to do with those two things goes in that bin. Number six is our outdoor water bin. So this is anything that we would use for the ocean or the pool. So we did a lot of um, swimming last summer. We go to the beach a lot. So anything that goes to those two things goes in that bin. Then we have outdoor land, and that's going to be games and uh, sidewalk chalk and glow sticks and anything for outdoor stuff we do on land i think there's a volleyball maybe a soccer ball things like that are in that bin uh we have a diy bin that's home improvement stuff so that's going to be paints and you know paint tins and rollers and all that kind of stuff anything that i want to do for like diy home improvement crafts not craft stuff like craft with kids is inside but that's like the home stuff okay uh number nine is our holiday bin and this is anything other than christmas so Easter, Halloween. Valentine's Day. Any other decor goes in this one bin. And that's a way for me to keep it down, right? So like I don't have to deal with like a whole bunch of stuff. We don't do a ton of decorating for different holidays, but I like having one bin that'll store a few things. Uh, Number 10 is a train bin. And this one is a Christmas train. So I hated seeing lots of different boxes. So we have one big box that has like the train engine and Then all the other boxes that go with the train are now in this white bin. So it's really nice to have them all in one place. And the 11th bin is actually empty. So I did end up buying an extra. Once I had gone through everything, I realized that I had one extra, but I decided to keep it because this way I don't have to stress if we add another activity in our life or if I want another bin for something, if I want to take something and store it in the garage, now it will match and I won't have to worry about finding a white bin that matches all the other ones that I have, right? Because I had I had that problem in the past where, you know, all the different bins just became kind of a bunch, like a jumble of all these different kinds of bins because by the time you need one, they're no longer selling the one you bought before. So I kept the extra and so that's what's in those bins. All right, and let's talk about what's in the clear bins. So I have three clear bins. Yes, I am keeping clear bins. Because we liked these bins, they're like really nice bins. they're a little bit thicker. the tops latch on really nicely. and this way we each have one sentimental bin. So I have one and I can put whatever I want in it. My husband has one, he can put whatever he wants in it. and then our daughter's is mostly gonna be her schoolwork right now. Um, but if there's anything she really wants to keep in her sentimental bin, she gets to put it in there. No questions asked. These are where we get to keep whatever the heck we want, and nobody gets to have an opinion about it. it's it's ours, okay? I know sometimes that's a hard time. That's a struggle for people and their their families. So that's our solution for that. And then the last I have four other bins. Two are filled with Christmas ornaments and Christmas decor, and then two are my husband's um collection. So he has one with comic books and one with baseball cards, and he hasn't quite decided what to do with these things. He's not quite ready to let go of them, so we're just holding them. They sit in our garage and we are trying to, you know, I'm giving him grace to do what he wants with them. And if he wants to let go of them someday, he can. If he wants to keep them forever, he can do that too. So that's what we have. Though That's what's in our garage. There's a few other things in our garage. We have two surfboards. We have two boogie boards. We have two paddle boards. Um, the paddles that go with that, we have like six chairs. We have a camping stove, a couple fans, um, all of our workout equipment. We have a shelf for shoes and like the outdoor shoes, like hiking boots and those kinds of things are out in the garage. And that's pretty much it. So I'm sure there's more things, but you get the idea. So, all right. So that's a long explanation for number two, which was, I no longer recommend clear bins. I now recommend we categorize, we use solid bins that we cannot see in, but we make sure the caveat there, the trick is to categorize and label. So the being very specific about what is in each bin. I can do one broad label and I know exactly where to go when I need the things that I need. If I'm doing house repair, if I need the putty because I have a hole in the wall and I want to fix it, I know exactly where to go. I go right to my DIY bin. If we're going skiing or snowboarding for ski week, I know exactly where to go. I'm going to pull the snow bin out. I might even just put that whole darn thing in the car. So it's already put together. It makes it much easier. Same with camping. I can just put the whole camping bin in the car and I don't have to worry about it. We do a lot of those like grab and go bags in the summer. We have a beach bag. So that's one other thing we have in the garage. I have a beach bag that's set up with all the beach towels. It's gonna have the sunblock. It's gonna have all the things we need for the beach. So I can just grab it, put it in the car. We get home, I wash the towels. They go right back in that bag so that I have what I need when I need it. That is the point of a bin. It is a tool to use or however you want to use it, but it's ready when you are ready. Okay, hopefully that helps. That's number two. Number three of my old advice that I used to give is to do it all at once, right? I would tackle, and I probably did this more in my own life than I told other people to do it, but I would tackle an entire room. I would try to tackle our entire house. I would tackle our entire garage. I would burn myself out trying to do a bunch at once because I'm the kind of person that when I get an idea, I'm a big starter. I just love to go, go, go. And it's harder for me to finish things. So I've been really working on the finishing aspect of stuff because it's more important that we have the end result that we want than how we started, right? So like we can start slow and get to the end. I I would much rather be the tortoise in my life than the hare where I start really fast and then I tire out and then I never get to the finish line on time. So that is kind of my new mantra as I am growing up and uh, getting older and kind of becoming more true to myself. So now instead of doing it all at once, I really recommend doing small. Again, this is that 15 minute to clutter. We can get a lot done in these short sprints and it's much easier to maintain that uh, maintain our stamina, maintain that schedule, maintain the progress if we just do a little bit at a time. So
1: no one told us the truth about parenthood. Why?
0: Uh, Don't go crazy and try to declutter your entire house in one weekend. Give yourself some time and uh, be much kinder to yourself. Okay, that's number three, kind of short and sweet. Number four, um, this is kind of where I was getting at before. I used to create piles on the floor. So I'm sure you have all done this. I'm sure we've all done this. You kind of get an idea. You want to do the declutter. I used to recommend the five piles. I did say you could put them in boxes, but I don't do that anymore. Instead, I recommend that you do try to make those decisions right away. So again, back to that 15 minute of clutter method, um, it just revolves around three things and this kind of helps solve those piles. So I used to do the five pile method. You would have your keep stuff, you would have your donate stuff, you would have a, a toss pile, you would have a sale pile, so things that you wanted to sell, and then you would have a maybe pile. So this is what I used to recommend you do. Now, again, there's a lot of decision-making that has to go into that, right? Like, it sounds easy on the surface. It sounds really easy. Like, okay, great. Yeah, I've got five choices. But the problem is you're going to keep it. Okay, where is it going to go? You have all those kinds of decisions to make about where it's going to live once you actually have to put it back in your house. But the donation stuff, you have to decide, like, are you going to, where are you going to send it? Are you going to send it all to one donation place? Are you going to try to separate it out and send it to different places? For the things you're going to throw away, are they going to be recycled? Are they going to be garbage? For the sell pile, oh my gosh, don't even get me started. There's so many decisions to make there. Am I going to just sell it on Facebook Marketplace? Am I going to do eBay? Am I going to do it on Craigslist? Um, you know, when am I going to post it? How am I going to post it? How much is it going to cost? What You know, doing all the research for how much I should actually sell it for. There's so much that goes into that pile. And then the maybe pile, again, is kind of weighing on your mind. Do I really want this stuff? Do I not want this stuff? How do I feel about it? Versus just kind of ripping off the band aid. And so now instead, I recommend you only have three piles. So, and they have a specific way to be. They're not piled on your floor. That's what I used to do. I used to just pile them on my floor and be like, okay, well, I know that's the keep pile and I know that's the maybe pile. And then how many times, I can't tell you how many times those items just kind of, even the ones I didn't want to keep, crept back into the house because they weren't taken care of immediately, right? We got distracted, we got interrupted. And so that stuff would either just sit there and get kind of shoved off to the side or inevitably it would kind of work its way back in because it was still in view. So it wasn't out of sight, out of mind. It was right there. We could see it every single day as we passed it or whatever until I actually dealt with it. And so then the guilt of not dealing with it and feeling overwhelmed, it was all still there. Okay. so now you only have three decisions to make. You're going to keep something so it stays where it is because you're going to keep it in the spot where you are decluttering. So let's, for instance, say you're decluttering your bookshelf. Let's say you find there's a, you know, we're looking at the books. Okay, so you're going to keep this book. Well, you're going to keep it on the bookshelf. You're not going to keep this book. You're going to donate it. It goes in a donation box or a bag, but I recommend a box so that it's easy to pick up and put it in your car. Let's say there's some papers on there that you don't want anymore. Obviously, you're not going to donate them because they don't mean anything to anyone else. You're going to go ahead and put them in the the toss pile. Now, if you want to separate those out to recycle and to throw away, that's fine. You might decide that the space you're working on is going to dictate if you're going to have a recycle pile. Like there could be some spaces where you're like, there's not going to be anything in here to recycle. So you don't have to worry about that. That's also why I recommend one space at a time, because it does make it easier to make those decisions. The last thing you're going to need is a laundry basket. So let's say you find something that actually belongs somewhere else. You're going to keep your, let's just for instance, say you're going to keep your board games in a different closet. Well, then you could put anything like that that you find, like your board game, put it in your laundry basket so that at the end of your declutter session, you're going to pick it up and go put it to where it belongs. So at the end, you only end up having three things to deal with. Everything that's you're keeping in that space is still there. The stuff you're donating, you're going to pick up the box, put it in your car. The stuff that's being thrown away is going to just go right into the garbage bin. Already in the garbage bin, but you can take it outside to the big garbage bin if you'd like. And then anything that gets put away somewhere else is in the laundry basket, makes it easier to put away. So that is the new piece of advice that I recommend instead of the old way of doing the five piles. Okay. And the last one the old advice was to start with bins. So maybe you had done this before in the past, but you're looking through Pinterest, you're looking through all the organized spaces you want, you're you know, you're know, saying like, oh, that's how I want our house to look, and you jump forward a few steps. Now, I had done this early in my decluttering journey. I don't believe, I hope, hadn't really told people to do this um, on the podcast ever before. So hopefully at least I saved this piece of bad advice only for myself. But again, that idea of buying the bins so that you get the end result that you want, you can't start there. It's just too hard because you get overwhelmed that the stuff you have doesn't fit in the bins. It doesn't end up looking like the pictures, right? Like you're like, okay, wait a minute. But I see this picture and I have the exact same bins and I've kind of put it together. But why is my puzzle not fitting, right? Why does it still look like a mess? Well, the reason is because you have too much stuff. So you have to start with the declutter. You have to start with less. You have to start with only those things that matter to you. So if you are struggling with that, please, please, please go ahead and reach out for help. You can do the Avalanche Declutter Challenge. You can jump over into our Facebook group and start asking for help. Um, There is is so much advice out there on how to get started there. And if you would like my help, I would be happy to be the person that helps you. But we really just want to start with less stuff. And so it really comes from a point of what matters to me? What is my lifestyle? What am I, how am I wanting to live my life? What's the vision I have for this space? What's the vision I have for my home? What's the vision I have for my family? How do I want us to feel when we're at home? How do I envision using this space? Do I envision having a lot of people over? Do I envision cuddling up on the couch a lot? Do I envision starting a business in my house? Do I envision, um, you know, not spending much time here because I actually want to go travel? What are the things that you want to do? And so once you get clear on the life you want to live and how, like, just what the values you have for your house, your family, the emotions you want to feel when you're at home, it's much easier to say, okay, look at this stuff. Is this stuff helping me get to where I want to be? Is this stuff serving a purpose? Does this stuff actually make my life better? Or am I just holding on to it because I don't know what else to do with it and I feel guilty about throwing away? I feel guilty about... Spending the money on it. I, you know, I'm nervous that if I let go of it, I'm going to want it again. So there's all those kinds of questions that come up. But really, in order to get to the house, the life, the, you know, how we want to be and the life we want to be living and how we want our home to feel, we really need to understand that we need to get rid of that extra stuff that doesn't mean anything to us or to our families. We need to only hold on to the stuff that actually means something to me. To us, to you, to your family, right? So, in my life, right? Maybe you don't ever go camping. So, you're not going to have a camping bin in your garage. Maybe you don't like to swim. Maybe you guys don't like the water. Maybe you don't live near the beach. You're not going to have an outdoor water one, but maybe you like to go bike riding. So, bikes are a big thing. You have a bike bin that has the pumps and the helmets and all the stuff in it. So, you just have to figure out what it is that works for you, for your family, and then make it all fit to you. All right. So those are the five old decluttering advice pieces, pieces of advice that I used to give. And I cringe a little bit at some of them. Thankfully, I think some of them I saved from my own personal, you know, journey. So I hope that this new, these five new pieces of advice uh, fit a little bit, help you kind of get past a little of those growing pains that I had to go through, and it just helps put you um, on a better spot in your journey. And thank you for sticking with me. I apologize. My voice does seem a little raspy today. Uh, I might be coming down with a little bit of a cold. So um, I do appreciate you sticking with me and uh, dealing with that. Um, <laughs> and so with that... I want to turn to you. I want to know if there are any old pieces of advice that you used to do that you've gotten past or have grown past or moved on or realized weren't working for you. And uh, I would absolutely love to hear it. Um, I think we can all grow so much more when we learn from each other. So come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and please let me know. I will have the link to the group in the show notes, but you can just search for us on Facebook, and come on over in there. And so I am really excited to learn from you. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes, I would ask like to ask again, please, if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts, it makes my day. It helps other people learn uh, more about the show and kind of learn about a better life with less stuff. And uh, so that's it. So you can get the show notes for, this, for today's episode at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 139. Again, wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 139. You can find me on all the socials. I am wannabeclutterfree on all of those. You can find me over there. Ask me any questions you have uh, and let me know what you thought of this episode. And with that, I hope you have a fabulous day. I am actually going to be bringing you some guest episodes soon. So I'm pretty excited. I was able to record a few guest episodes last week. I have another one coming up this week. And uh, yeah, so these are going to be coming to you really soon. So I'm really excited about it. So be on the lookout for those and they will start up next week. All right, I'm Deanna Yates, and you have been listening to Wanna Be Minimalist. Have a lovely day. Cheers.
2: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence